Thank you, Joe. I'm very excited to be here today. Awesome. Yes, so the most broad or broad definition of forensic science is the application of science to the law. So basically, uh, we're examining evidence related to criminal and civil investigations, taking our examinations, reporting those back to investigators and attorneys, and then they take our results and move forward with their investigations. Um, we do have to testify in court on our results sometimes, um, but that's, that's really what we're doing is basically assisting in uh, criminal and civil investigations. <laughs> uh, so I have been a science nerd since I was little. Um, my mom taught at a community college at the, in the like biology, microbiology, anatomy, pathology kind of courses. So during the summertime when there wasn't a babysitter available, uh, little Meg would go to school with my mom and she'd stick me back and she's like, clean some test tubes for me. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I've, I'm very comfortable around laboratories and I've always loved science. Um, but then as I you know, started progressing through junior high and high school, started kind of thinking college and careers, I was like, well, I don't want to go to medical school. I don't want to do research. I don't necessarily want to do pharmaceutical. Like, what is there? Um, and then spring break of my sophomore year of high school, one of my mom's friends was like, hey, I just read this book you might be interested in. Here you go. I devoured that book and all of the lines in the entire series. So <laughs> it was, um, the author was Patricia Cornwell and it was her case Scarpetta series. So that was my introduction to forensic science. Um, I got to read fiction books about a medical examiner, and that was how I learned I can do science and criminal justice and put the two together. Um, so I started researching, like, what are degree programs at universities that were available? Um, what were my career options? So basically, yeah, I've always loved science, but forensic science was my target once I we got into high school. Yep. 
Well, the um, the CSI TV show, I kind of think that kicked off like the, the visual media options for forensic science. Um, so that actually premiered my freshman year of college. And I didn't have a TV in the dorm rooms. So I'm studying this and people are like, oh my gosh, just like the CSI TV show. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, first of all, my sister says watching CSI with me, I can turn it into a comedy, pointing out, well, that's not how we do it. That's not real. Um, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I will say the one the one thing I always want to tell people is because they're like, oh, you're Abby from NCIS. And I'm like, no, Abby, her character is like a conglomerate of what 50 people do. Because in, in the real world of forensics, it's very much like medicine. We specialize. You know, you have cardiologists, oncologists, ER physicians. We each specialize in our own forensic discipline. So what they're showing Abby doing by she does the fingerprints and the computer science. And, and, and it's like, yeah, that's not how it works in the real world. Um, <laughs> and then the, the one thing that always really gets me, and this is, this is, you know, very, very detailed, but when, you know, they showed the, uh, police officers or the investigators talking to someone in like, a like a police interview and they throw down this bag of evidence and like, we have your DNA on this. When I look at that quote bag of evidence, I see one evidence seal. So basically that means they collected it from the crime scene. You seal up the bag of, with the evidence because you maintain the integrity. It goes to the laboratory. Okay, so it moves along through different people. Each person that touches that bag of evidence opens in a new location and reseals it. So by the time you're like throwing this bag of evidence in front of the suspect and like, we have your DNA on this, that bag has been opened and resealed like five times. <laughs> That's not what you see portrayed in television. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. Just, yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, the one thing that is not portrayed in the TV shows, because obviously, you know, they want to get, they're, they're, it's about excitement when you're watching TV. There is a lot of mundane things we have to do on a daily basis that is not in the television shows. Um, so just remember that, you know, not all parts of my job are that exciting. <laughs> there, there are some days, like, I don't go in the lab. I'm just working on the computer, writing reports, or updating standard operating procedures. Like, 
it's it's not exciting all the time to other people, you know, but for forensic scientists, it is exciting for every day to go in. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> I I did see interviews. So I do know when CSI, the or like very first came out, they were consulting with forensic scientists, like people in the field. So they were trying to get it as accurate as possible. But obviously, there are some deviations away from the real world. Um, that, you know, there are some liberties taken by, you know, television and movies, but I know they try. Like, there are people that consult with the um, producers and everyone to create as accurate as possible, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So like I said, each forensic scientist kind of specializes in their in a discipline. So I've been working uh, probably about 10 years now as a forensic document examiner. Um, and a lot of people are not familiar with it because it's not as widespread. Uh, you know, it's not in every laboratory like you find a DNA unit or a fingerprint unit. Um, so it is it is a very specialized area of forensics in itself. Um, so the way I like to explain it is a document is anything that bears marks or symbols that conveys a message. So you write out a grocery list, that's a document. Um, your driver's license, that's a document. Um, hieroglyphics written on a cave wall, that cave wall is a document. So it's not just paper. <laughs> um, so Forensic document examination is also sometimes called question documents. So investigators come to us with questioned documents. They're like, there's something about this I don't know. So we look at those documents and we try and answer questions for the investigators, such as who wrote the document, which means we're conducting handwriting examinations. How is it produced? So we're looking at machines. So was it produced by an inkjet printer, a typewriter, a toner printer, so that kind of thing? Um, is it real or is it fake? So let's say we're looking at currency, you know, US money. Um, we're looking at the paper, the printing processes, the security features. Um, so there, you know, people are, are trying to um, counterfeit documents, so we're looking to compare and is it real or not. Um, and then what I always, my, one of my favorite examination types is called indented impressions. So that's when you have, think of like a stack of paper and you're writing on that top sheet, you're making impressions of your writing on the pages below. 
So we, we have techniques in the laboratory where we can visualize the impressions from those below documents and kind of match it up to that top document that has the handwriting on it. <laughs> yes, that is what I do. <laughs> Yes, um, so we always wanna start by examining the question documents first. And the reason we do that is actually because as a forensic scientist, we can be biased in our examinations unconsciously. Um, so by looking at the question document first, we, we can make our observations without being um, influenced by what we see in the known documents. So we have to do a comparison. Forensics is all about comparisons. So our known documents are the ones where we know who the writer is, we know the machine that produced it, we know the security features in you know, ID and, and money document kind of things. So we want to examine the question document first, make our observations on that, examine the known documents, make some observations on those, and then conduct the comparison between the two before reaching your conclusion. So don't want to reach a conclusion until we've conducted that comparison. Um, so that was that's one of the things about forensics is that you you're you're looking at these documents and like yes I have this information, but you can't make that final conclusion until you've looked at everything. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Um, I, and people ask that question a lot. And unfortunately, sometimes the cases just all start to blend together at some point. Um, but I do know, so like I said, forensic scientists, we testify in court. So the first time I was ever called to testify, um, I was working for a government laboratory. I conducted my examination on behalf of the government inspector. My results didn't help their investigation. But my report is passed over to the defense attorneys. The defense attorney called me to court to testify on behalf of his client. So that's, that was actually a pretty rewarding experience was that, you know, I'm, I'm not just there to help the prosecution or the police investigators. I'm there as an advocate for the evidence. And if the evidence helps the defense, acquit their client, then that's what I'm there to do. Um, so that was a very rewarding experience that, you know, always kind of helps me remind people that we're not there for just one side. We're there to help whoever we can because of the results of our examination.
Yes. Um, so most forensic laboratories are affiliated with a police department or a state or a government, like a federal agency. Um, there are people who are in private practice in, in various forensic disciplines, and they can be hired by prosecution or defense. Um, it's, it's very unusual for defense to approach a government laboratory directly to do an examination. Um, so that's, that's one thing that might change about forensic science moving forward into the future is are we going to stay affiliated with the police or are we going to be able to disassociate and be our own standing agency almost and we can help whoever needs us. <laughs> it it kind of goes back to the to the bias thing, you know, that we want to be a neutral party in the criminal justice system. So I think by opening forensics up to who needs us to conduct these examinations, um, it kind of takes the the burden off of us of explaining. Well, yes, I I was I'm not hired by the prosecution, but they subpoenaed me to testify here in court. But I I wasn't paid. It's it's kind of that gray area of like we want to be a neutral party. Um, so that that would be kind of an interesting uh, avenue for forensics to take is to be disassociated from the police agencies to do the forensics. Um, one thing I did, I, I guess I didn't do enough research when I was doing my, you know, what, what university do I want to go to? What do I want to do in forensics? So my undergraduate degree was very broad. Like it's, Hey, here's what we do in a forensic laboratory. But once you're hired into a laboratory, there's still education to be done. So there's a lot of on the job training that takes place. And like I said, we specialize in one or two forensic disciplines. So um, what was very challenging for me was in the very beginning part of my career trying to figure out where am I going to be? <laughs> like, <laughs> I want to do forensics, but which part of the lab am I going to work in? Um, so you had mentioned a couple times toxicology. So that's where I started. Um, my undergraduate internship was in a toxicology laboratory. My major professor was a forensic toxicologist. So that was kind of what I knew. Um, but I always tell people the day I spilled someone else's urine on my shoes and had to go home and throw them away. That's when I decided toxicology is not my long-term thing here. <laughs> So toxicology is looking for the presence of drugs or chemicals in 
uh, any, usually a person. Um, so you're looking to see, you know, were they under the influence of alcohol, marijuana, cocaine, heroin, so those kind of things, but you're looking at the body fluids. So blood, urine, that kind of thing. Um, document examination is a uh, less body fluids involved. <laughs> Yes. So I have two pieces of advice that I'd share. Um, one of them is reach out to a nearby police department, find out if they have a forensic laboratory or even it, um, you know, a medical examiner's office. So can you do a ride along? Can you tour the laboratory? Can you go talk to people who are working in forensics right now, rather than waiting until maybe your junior or senior year of college and you're like, oh, it's time for an internship. Where am I gonna go? Um, so that would be my, my first recommendation is, you know, start reaching out to people outside the college um, or start with your professors and see if they can connect you to people working out in the real world. Um, my second piece of advice is you will at some point to some capacity undergo a background check. So it's, you know, financial background and criminal history. Um, so just, you know, just remember those two things people are going to be researching about your background. Um, and if something does happen in your background, don't lie about it. Um, that's really the biggest thing is once you're applying for jobs, be honest about anything that has happened. Um, cause it's usually better to be honest and explain it as opposed to getting to a certain point and all of a sudden you've been lying to this agency. That doesn't look good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, something a little bit different. So I, I was always a very studious person. Like, you know, once I knew I want to go into forensics, I found the university, I knew I'd have to do a background check. You know, I had, a, I had goals set for myself career wise. Um, and you know, not to think, not, not to make everyone think I was studying Friday and Saturday night of every weekend, <laughs> but I kind of wish that I had known how to 
how to reach out and interact with people who are not like me, you know, like become more diverse in, in my, uh, not non-professional life is what I want to say. So that, you know, have a little bit of fun on the side and get to know people who are not like me. Um, because it's a very rewarding experience to, you know, learn about other cultures, other people. Um, and so that was, that's one thing that I, I unfortunately had to learn more as an adult that I wish I could go back and tell my teenage self. Yes. Um, so it really comes in interacting with the other people as part of the investigation. Um, so, you know, depending on where you're working and who you're working with, you're going to be involved with, you know, police officers who don't know about forensics. So you have to educate them at a crime scene. Please don't touch that. I haven't X, Y, Z. I haven't taken a picture yet. I haven't taken my measurement, you know? Um, so that's, that's one thing is, is be prepared to educate people who are, you know, working on the periphery of forensics, but don't have the knowledge that you do. Um, and that really also comes into play in testifying in court. So <laughs> that's another thing where TV kind of gets things a little weird, um, because they portray it as almost like the, the questioning attorney and the witness are having a conversation. That is not how it works. The <laughs> so the attorney will ask me a question on the witness stand. My answer goes to the jury. So it's almost like we're having this three-way conversation, but two people aren't talking. It's like, you know, so it's, it's, it's a weird situation to testify in court. But you have to be able to, you know, take the knowledge that you have as a forensic scientist and bring it down to people who are very interested in what you do, but need a lot of education about it first. Um, so that's where the interpersonal skills comes in, is being able to explain, you know, technical jargon and detailed science to what we call lay people, those who are not in the forensic field. Yeah. Yes. 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 So go ahead, Joe. <laughs> uh, yes. So I just want to, I just want to kind of explain real fast. So we're, we go into court and the court is the one that decides we're an expert witness. Um, so what that means is the court says, yes, you can give an opinion on your, like during your testimony. Um, whereas most people that go in and testify in court can only, they have to stick to the facts. Um, so when the court says you are now an expert witness, um, they've qualified me based on my education, training, experience, that kind of thing. 
Um, I can say that I have testified in court twice in my entire career. <laughs> Um, there are people, depending on where area of forensics you've specialized in, that you will testify a lot more. Um, and depending on what kind of agency you work for. So if you're a local agency, you're probably in court a little more often than working for a federal agency. Um, but, you know, not every case I work goes to court. Not every case I've prepared to testify for has actually gone to trial. So even though I've only testified twice, I have prepared for trial probably a, almost a dozen times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, like I said, the boring side, that's not portrayed on television. Um, so we do have standard operating procedures. So we have written policy, written things that we, we have to follow. Um, so a lot of that is done at the laboratory level, but we are influenced by national standards that are put out by, you know, kind of like forensic governing bodies. Um, so that's one thing that w it's a, it's a slow process. Unfortunately, um, I've seen it develop the past 10 plus years of my career. I can see it moving forward five and 10 years becoming an even better process. Um, so that's one thing is that, you know, we're trying to standardize forensics so that if you're working for a city agency as a latent print examiner, you're doing the same things that the FBI is doing. Um, so it's kind of like trying to get us all in the same playing field. Um, and, and then kind of the more exciting answer is uh, technology is changing every day. So we, we have to develop um, new techniques to kind of figure out what the bad guys are doing either right after they do it or even before they do. Um, so there's a lot of research that is going into forensics coming from universities and academia that is amazing because those of us working the actual cases day in and day out, we really don't have time for research. We need support from people who have the time and resources to do it for us. Yeah. Yes. Um, so a lot of people, when I tell them I'm a forensic document examiner, you know, and what I do and kind of like some things I work on, they're like, but who's writing anymore? Nobody signs documents, which is sort of true. Um, you know, electronic signatures have kind of taken over. Um, when I go to the, you know, grocery store, or if I have to sign a, a receipt, it's not done pin on paper. I'm signing an electronic pad. 
Um, so that's one area of specifically document examination where we would love to get more information about because a lot of those you know, signature pads are proprietary. But we know there's information um, in, in the electronic side of it that we can utilize as document examiners to say whether a signature is genuine or not. Um, so that's kind of a, a new area of forensic document examination is trying to pivot from just handwriting pen on paper to the electronic version and what other data we can get besides just what we see in the signature. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, wow. Uh... <laughs> um, this is crazy. So you, you started talking about like reading books and everything. And I just recently finished The Good Girl's Guide to Murder. So it's another fiction book. It's, it's a young adult book. It was fantastic. So um, it kind of reminded me a little bit, almost like Veronica Mars, where it's the teenager is doing the in criminal investigations kind of thing. Um, so I think my, my fictional show obviously would still be forensics, but to see the younger kids who are interested in it kind of taking their skills and helping you know, the investigations within legal requirements as well. Like don't break the law to get there. Um, but, but maybe kind of taking that, that young teenage adult, uh, young adult age and seeing, you know, can they do the crime scene investigations too? <laughs> Um, so during, you know, the past year or so we have been on maximum telework posture. Um, so we're, we're only going into the laboratory for things that we have to like to maintain the integrity of the evidence. It stays in the laboratory, but there are things that, you know, we can make photocopies and scans and work from our computers while at home. Um, so I am looking forward to going back in the office and kind of having those like day-to-day -day conversations of like, Hey, I've got this really cool thing in my case. Do you want to see it? 
Or, you know, I'm kind of stumped on this one thing. You want to take a look at this? So it's, it's almost like that interaction with, you know, the great minds in my laboratory coming together and working to solve a problem. Uh. <laughs> Yeah. Right. And their eyes kind of glaze over when you start using the actual, like the real, and they're like, can't you just make it interesting? Like TV? Like, oh. Um, unfortunately, I can't share my direct information, um, but like, like you said earlier, as part of my biography, I am a member of the American Academy of Forensic Sciences, um, and that's the national, and we're actually expanding internationally. Um, so check out that website, aafs.org. Um, and that would be a great resource to kind of go to for, you know, information about forensics. And um, we do actually have student membership levels and we have a, um, an annual um, meeting, usually in February of every year. We were 100% virtual in 2021, um, but we're looking forward to seeing everyone in Seattle next year. And we do welcome st uh, students to come and join our meetings as well. Um, I know there's a really good website. I want to say it's like forensicsimplified.com probably. Um, but it's, it's a really good resource that kind of like takes the, the science and breaks it down like you're trying to present to the layperson. So it gives, you know, a lot of information about each specific discipline in forensics. Um, and it's, it's at a very kind of basic understandable level for everyone. There you go. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. It's been great talking to you too. Bye.